You are not my enemy. I am not your enemy. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family, like we are not the enemy. The whites, the blacks, the Jews, the Muslims, the men, the women, the rich, the poor, the young, the old, everyone in between, like we're not your enemy. We never have been and we never will be. Evil itself is the enemy. Satan and his power structure, his pyramid of power, his beast system, that's the enemy. Only. It's the only enemy that ever will be. We are co-creations of God. It, the beast system, is the enemy. There is only good and evil, good versus evil, right versus wrong, love versus anger, truth versus lies. There is no racism. There's no sexism. There's no anti-Semitism. There's no everything else. No, no isms, no phobias. It's all a lie. All of it is just hate. All of it is just hate and resentment and fear and despair. There is only hate and anger spewing out of evil people. It's good versus evil. All of those things, racism, sexism, all that stuff, it's just evil. Um, those are just subcategories of evil itself. And there is only truth and love radiating from good people. Stop buying Satan's lies. Reject the beast system. Um, love and fear God alone. And win the spiritual battle we're in. The war that's waging all around us. Today, now, and forever. Um, yesterday, now, and forever. And we win this battle, guys, by forgiving and loving all people. All people, no matter what. And remember that everyone, every single person, still has time left in their lives to repent and return to the Lord and forgive and be forgiven, ask for forgiveness. Um, there's still time for everyone to return to God. And he's waiting and we're waiting and we will help you do that. Those of us who have will help you, be glad to help you do that. God loves all of his creations. God loves all of his creations. He even loves the evil ones. He loves your enemy. Like, it's kind of crazy to think about that. But simply just remember that God loves your enemies, who you perceive to be your enemies. Any evildoer out there, those people that make you upset and mad, God loves them. And he's waiting for them to return to him still. And if you trust in him, you will be loved and you will love. You will love and be loved. Spread good and be good. Just remember to do that. Reject the temptations, reject the system, say no to Babylon, reject the beast system itself, realize that it is the enemy and that we are not our enemies, even the evildoers, even those lost and confused and broken right now, that's only a temporary state and that all people can return to God in time and that all people deserve your love and your appreciation and your support and your compassion. And Satan and his system is the enemy. It's the only enemy there is. There's good and there's evil, guys. And again, just love and be loved, spread good, be good. I love you. I truly love you. Um, contact me if you need questions if answered. If you remember that emotions are temporary, emotions change, but truth is forever. Truth is the logic and the truth, the logos of the universe itself. Base your thoughts, yourself, your life, and your spirit around the logos, around the truth, and reject the temporary thoughts and the temporary emotions. Let other people choose to destroy themselves with their emotions. Don't buy into it. Don't fall for it. Seek the truth. Find the kingdom first and foremost. Have faith, loyalty, and hope on your mind at all times. Seek the truth and base your life on the truth, on the logos, the word of God. 
and all the rest of the emotions are temporary. They're going to come and pass. It might look bad in the moment, but things will come and pass. Just truly make sure you're basing yourself, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your body on the truth of this universe and this reality and not the temporary emotions of others, not the peer pressure of others. And in closing, how do we fight back? How do we fight back against all of this? In a sinful world, sinful people will seize any and all opportunities to advance their sinful agendas. Evil spreads evil. It doesn't stop. These radicals will keep pushing their ideologies and their theories through revolution, regardless of the consequences, until we say no. Until we decide to say no to it. Evil spreads evil until we say no to it. Until we stand up and fight against it. There will always be a new cause, a new problem. They will demand that we give them power, money, and authority to solve. We just say no. You just say no. Truly. We laugh at them. We let them call us names and emotionally overreact. We just reject their nonsense and we trust in God alone. We love and fear God alone. Um, Not earthly foes or any sort of material threat. We love and fear God alone. Um, Reject Babylon. Say no to the radicals. Embrace struggle, hardship, perseverance, hard work, and seek out morality, truth, and love. Um, Embrace hard work. Do what's right, not what people want you to do. Uh, There was a Christianity Today editorial from 1973. Uh, It stated, Christians should accustom themselves to the thought that the American state no longer supports, in any meaningful sense, the laws of God. And they need to prepare themselves spiritually for the prospect that it may one day formally repudiate them and turn them against those who seek to live by them. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Christians should accustom themselves to the thought that the American state no longer supports in in any meaningful sense the laws of God. Yes. Let's stop kidding. Let's stop lying to ourselves. Stop pretending. Let's stop uh, just shouting Romans 13 whenever you don't want to challenge your authorities. Um, You know, (laughs) and realize that your government is not one of God. It's been put there by God to teach us lessons. It's been brought into our lives to strengthen us, to show us that evil exists. But it is not our government. It's not our brothers and sisters running the government. Um, And we can't keep running away from that reality. We can't keep pretending that that's not true. Um, We can't keep buying their lies. Our government, our culture, our neighbors, and maybe even ourselves are no longer willing to trust, know, and love God alone. Um, Again, we can't keep lying to ourselves. (laughs) We can't keep pretending life is fair, guys. Life is not fair. Like reality exists and our emotions and our delusions, our fantasies, the stories we tell ourselves in our head, um, doesn't make the reality we exist in not real. Um, it doesn't make the end goal not a priority. Uh, yeah. Our government, our culture, our neighbors, and maybe even ourselves are no longer willing to trust, know, and love God alone. His children have chosen to indulge in the appetites of this world, 
and have chosen to follow their own egotistical thoughts and selfish desires instead of seeking first God's kingdom beyond. We focus on the here and not the after. Um, we must begin waiting patiently for God's timing while keeping our joy and hope in mind as we trust in his will to be done. We must keep the end in mind, for in the end we do win. We must keep serving God openly and advance his kingdom publicly, boldly, unashamed, and compassionately. And at some point, you have to just let go and let God. <laughs> you have to see, you have to let go and let God. Um, yeah. We are seeing it happen, says Phoenix Bear. Yeah, we are. Right before our eyes. We're seeing it happen and we're refusing to accept it. We're refusing to accept it. The reality that's taking place right before our eyes. Some people are just so spiritually blind. They are they have literally become blind by their blinded by their sins. They can't see the reality, like smacking them in the face. <laughs> reality is just beating you in the face, like slapping you in the face, like Jake Paul just punching you in the face. <laughs> and we're just lying to ourselves. We're denying it's even happening. Um, yeah, some people are just that blind. They're just that distant from God that they cannot see. They cannot function correctly as a perfect human being. Um, as just any human being. <laughs> we'll talk about this on, a, on upcoming streams, but you know, you, you become beasts. The more you worship the earth, the more you uh, let your false idols plague plague your body and plague your mind, um, you become beast and animalistic. And no good comes from that. You uh, distance yourself from God. You stop being a you stop being a perfectly formed human being in His image, and you become a beast of the land. China wants to kill all of us. I say bring it up. <laughs> sure. China doesn't want to kill us. They want to enslave us. Why would they want to kill us? We're, we're their loyal and obedient consumers. We enjoy all of their stuff. They have comforted us and pleasured us. Why would they want to kill us? They don't want to kill us. You don't want to kill your slaves. That's a, that's a thing um, people need to understand, concept people need to understand. Everyone acts like um, loyal and obedient servants are just being led to slaughter. I always hear that, that um, phrase being used in conspiracy circles. They're leading us to the slaughterhouse. Okay, Mr. Cow, no one's, no one's going to listen to you, you crazy conspiracy theory kook, as all the cows are being led to a slaughterhouse, you know. That's not how it works. They want you to be a cow. <laughs> they want you there. They want you fenced in with a collar on your neck, docile, complacent, staying in place, not rising up, not revolting, but staying there, eating, chewing your cud, eating the grass, so they can come out every day and milk you. They don't want to slaughter you. They want to milk you. They want you right where you are. They want you complacent. They want you weak. They want you standing still so they can extract your resources. The tax farm that we that this country is, this Ponzi scheme that we live in, this is just a giant tax farm where human people have become livestock to their, you know, enslaved by their debts. Um, 
the Ponzi scheme doesn't work if you just start killing people. <laughs> you know, China owns our debt. They don't get their debt repaid if they just start killing people. Why would everyone want you to just, why would China want to eliminate anyone in America? They want more people in America because that means more productivity, more wealth they can extract. What China wants, they don't want to kill us. What they want is to keep us weak, scared, and afraid right where we are. They want us staying in place right where we are, and they want us to be obedient to them. They want dogs. They want loyal, obedient dogs on a leash where they can yank that leash anytime they want and extract their resources whenever they want. They don't want to kill you. That's so crazy. People need to understand that. They want, but they might want war with us. They might want to like destroy our things. They might want to destroy our infrastructure and our systems, our institutions that provide us safety and freedom, you know, freedoms for now, <laughs> relative safety for now. They might want to invade us, you know, so that they can easily, more easily, more directly rule over us and control us, but they don't want to kill us. They don't want to eliminate our population at all. But what they want is control over our population. They want to be able to yank the chain and extract their resources from us whenever they want. So no, China does not want to kill us all, kill us all but they do want to conquer us. And I agree with you. Bring it on, China. Chinama. Chinama. <laughs> We're not going down easy, Chinama. Um, yeah, all of China, I'm a little jealous of their unity. China is a man who hates us, bro. <laughs> Yeah, China is China. Chinama, this Chinama dude hates us. Chinama, Trump, you better tell them Chinamas the heat that they that they better stop hating us. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Bear says Chinama has already invaded economically and digitally, and that's true. Everyone's waiting for the for the Chinese invasion where they come on battleships and aircraft carriers and come start bombing Seattle and Los Angeles or whatever and invading the country. Uh, China has already invaded. <laughs> As Owen Benjamin says, China has invaded. It's called Walmart. <laughs> it's called buy one, get one free. China has invaded us. It's called iPhones and cell phones and this little camera that's that's helping me stream right now. DLive is Chinese invasion. They have invaded us with eco like economic warfare. Um, and now we're just in the next stage where economic and digital warfare has already taken place. China has invaded us, invaded our minds and our souls and our spirits with economic warfare. Um, that we're entering the next next phase of this war we're in. That's biological warfare, <laughs> or you know the the fear, the fear war, the the war of despair, um, which is truly what war is, which is just demoralizing people. Everyone wants to pretend like war is just um, shooting each shooting people shooting other people with bullets until they're gone. The reality is people shoot each other with bullets until one side's so demoralized that they give up. That's truly war. That's what it's always been. One side has to completely demoralize the other side, and until that happens, there's just constant bullets being thrown, swords being clanked, you know, being being thrown, tossed around. Um, take for instance like Afghanistan or Vietnam like why are those wars not over because the people there have refused to be demoralized the people of Afghanistan the people of Vietnam refuse to be demoralized you can drop all the bombs you want you can send all your troops you know but 
until you have demoralized the population to surrender, you have not won the war. And that's what we're in right now is China attempting to demoralize us with their economic warfare, with their digital warfare, with their whatever, biological warfare. Whether it's real or not, <laughs> the virus could be completely fake. It could or couldn't be, whatever. It could be extremely deadly, it could be not very deadly, or it could be entirely fake at all. Either way, what we have entered into is uh, psychological, biological warfare, where they're seeking to demoralize us. And yeah, talk while building. So let's get into this. Kind of kind of similar to Chinama, um, Andrew Smith. <laughs> Andrew Smith 420. Uh, lay off the pot, Andrew Smith. <laughs> lay off the pot and you would <laughs> and you won't be scared of the Chinama. Uh, but similar to Chinama, let's talk for a little bit about the Mongol hordes. Um, so dig in. Get comfy. This is gonna be a good one. So all that being said, I can't stress this enough. My dudes, we're done fighting brother wars, are we not? Have we, have we come to that conclusion yet? I know everyone on Telegram has. No more brother wars. No more brother wars. We ain't fighting for these banks anymore. Make sure that you refuse to participate and instead focus your time and your energy and your resources on yourself and your family and your community and your church. Let these bankers and the mindless eaters and the parasites play their little war games but we are done fighting our brothers, our fellow Christians, all for the sake of nonsense disputes between bankers, human farmers, and Satanists. Enough already. <laughs> Enough already. Just say no. Refuse to participate in every way possible. And like Homestead said, Homestead said it, yeah. Refuse to participate and accept all of the consequences for doing what is right. Know that in the end you're saved by Jesus. And accept your earthly consequences for standing up, speaking out, and doing what's right. Following God in all his right ways. And not killing your brothers and sisters in the faith because some bankers and some Satanists told you that you should. And tried to emotionally manipulate you into hating your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Time is now to stand up, speak out, and refuse to enter back into the darkness, as I mentioned earlier. Refuse to enter back into that darkness. No more brother wards, my dudes. So if you can't see it, if you're just listening, it's just a little picture I found on, on the uh, Instagrams. It says, the best revenge is no revenge. Move on, be happy. <laughs> like, the greatest sign of all time. The best revenge is no revenge. Move on, be happy. Because guys, fruit not blood, building not breaking, growing not complaining, victory not victimhood. We need to start accepting responsibility for our actions, repent of the mistakes that we have made, forgive others for the mistakes that they have made, and return to righteous living focusing our lives on bringing glory to God and not focus on fighting those around us for resources or revenge. The best revenge is no revenge. We need to let go of our anger and our resentment 
and seek to be truly grateful of this life and all the opportunities and blessings we have been given here. We need to band together with our brothers. No more brother wars. <laughs> and we need to band together with our communities and with our churches to be fruitful and multiply, to build a glorious kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and bring God glory in all of our actions, the big and the small, the seen and the unseen. Just learn from these psyops and honeypots, the hoaxes and the narratives. If you were fooled again, <laughs> if you were fooled once, if you were fooled twice, if you keep being fooled, it doesn't matter. Just go forward from now, now on, focusing your energy instead on the things that you can control, on building and reforming the things that are actually in your own garden and impacted by your real life. We need to do what is right and become right now and focus on returning ourselves to the presence of the Lord our God and bringing as many of those around us with us when we go. Our families, our communities, and our churches need to be, need us to be legendary men, righteously masculine leaders to those around us. And that only happens with faith, loyalty, and hope as guiding principles in our hearts. With a grateful attitude, always, with repentance of the sins that plagued our past and forgiveness for the wrongs that others have done to us, we must place all of our trust and our love into the hands of our Creator and serve Him with our entire hearts, souls, minds, and with all of our strength. All of our strength. It's eye-opening how many Christians will still defend Disney or they'll still, you know, oh, that new Disney movie. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> an interesting discussion with some former Christian friends of mine one night. Ask, you know, topic of Disney comes up. I don't bring it. I'm not just going to insert my opinions about Disney. But someone kind of nodded to me because they knew my opinions about Disney. They're like, what do you think, Sean? I was like, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, if you want to ask my opinion on this, Disney is godless. They are horrible. They brainwash children into, uh, you know, being led away from God and focus on themselves and start to believe that they are the answer to all of their problems in life that magic in themselves is truly the uh, solution to problems in life. Um, not to God, not the gospel. There's no need to be saved. You don't need a savior. You don't need a savior. You are your own savior. You know, you don't need rules and limitations on your life. You don't need to obey anyone or serve anyone. You serve yourself. You live for yourself. You seek pleasures and comforts and success for yourself, you know? It's like literally like an Aleister Crowley playbook <laughs> in every single Disney movie, you know? Um, but they were asking, I was like, you know what? Actually, gr like grim fairy tales are so much better <laughs> for children. Still probably not great, but like actual real life stories, you know? And they're like mocking me. They're like, oh, those stories where all the kids always die in the end? I'm like, yes, yes, actually. Yes, the stories with lessons, the stories that, that people used to tell their kids about how they need to trust their parents, how they'll, there are consequences when you break the rules, how when you're a rule breaker, you deserve to be punished. <laughs> That's a little more in line with the gospel, don't you think? You know? 
<laughs> it's a little more in line with the Bible, you know, like you have to obey your parents, you have to obey the rules. And if you don't, there are consequences for your actions, you know, that could be eternal consequences. Um, that's a little more in line with the Bible than like, um, hey, fairy godmother, can you give me fancy clothes so that I can go impress a boy? <laughs> and be happy i want to be happy and have a husband hey magical fairy can you give me clothes fancy shiny clothes so that i can go pleasure myself and please myself and have high status <laughs> like is that in the is that does that ring true with anything in the bible um yeah Lena's the frozen one i i heard the frozen song the let it go thing and that, I mean, talk about Aleister Crowley. I mean, let it, the whole song is about how, like, I'm going to do what I want. And I deserve, I deserve to be happy. Me, I'm, I'm in control. I am powerful. I, me, 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 I, 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 you know. Do as thy will shall be the whole of the law. <laughs> do as thou will shall be the whole of the law. Like, that might as well have just been coming out of her mouth right there, you know. But every, all these little Christians take their little children to go see Frozen. Oh, Frozen, it's so good. Elsa, I love Elsa. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> it's just like, guys, wake up. You know, wake up to this stuff. Number one, are you single? No, really. Two, make plans. We don't want a pen pal. Three, value, value. Value someone who has value. Consistency, be consistent. Don't be great and then fade out. And then don't fade out and then think that you're gonna fade back in because it ain't gonna work. And last but not least, if all else fails, don't be a bitch. Hope you guys have all enjoyed my PSA, my Instagram live. <laughs> I love you all. Hope I gave you some valuable tips and advice. But hey, those are just my final thoughts from Nashville, Tennessee in my kitchen. God bless and take care. Yeah, take care. Um, well, here are my final thoughts from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> um, yeah, she is correct. The whole thing about the whole thing about this is she is correct about most men, but she is completely wrong about herself and her fellow women and her friends and these Tatianas and just the reality of our culture today. She's off. She's wrong. She's blind to the reality taking place around her. Um, men are physically weak. They are emotionally unstable and they are spiritually broken. And as a result of this, our women are now physically damaged. They are emotionally self-centered and spiritually lost. And men do need to grow up and regain their provider and protect protector instincts. But they first and foremost, and most importantly, need to return to God. They need to start living righteously and morally again so that the way they treat their women and all women will be just, healthy, and productive, uh, compassionate, and respectable. It's that simple. Um, no sane or moral man is going to invest as much time and energy into someone like Tammy as she expects or requires, uh, especially if they aren't just, you know, getting anything in return. Um <laughs> like children for the men of God or just temporary sex for the slut makers. No one is going to invest in women like you, Tammy, unless they can get something out of you, unless they can get some of that milk from the cow for free. Uh, <laughs> or if you are willing to actually humble yourselves before your man and obey their commands, knowing that they are true men of God who are trying to do righteous and just things. Um, no man's going to give you the time of day, Tammy. Sorry to break it to you. 
She just wants to go out there and be pretty. She wants to go out and have fun and be entertained and receive attention and, you know, acquire status and fame from her career. And I mean, the reality of our world is that a good, strong, moral man doesn't need or will not even want that. Uh, good men will seek out women who are content in being homemakers. The good men that she's longing for here in this rant uh, are actually in need of capable mothers for their children. <laughs> they need women who will obey, who will listen and provide support for their husband's needs and not just, you know, and trust what she's doing. They, the good men need women to trust in what they are doing and that it is what's best for the family and what's right for the whole family. Not just keeping you happy and keeping you entertained and giving you attention. A good man's not going to do that. Someone who wants to put their dick inside you will do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You'll find, you'll find some weak men that'll do that for sure. But um, yeah, overall, tell me she's not willing to be one of these women, at least yet in her life. She wants attention. She wants money. She wants status. And she wants approval from other people. And she's at least yet in her life, she's not willing to humble herself before a strong and capable man. And her clock is ticking. So I hope, it, I hope she realizes that her clock is ticking. Um, she knows whether she knows it or not, either subconsciously or on the surface level. She does know that. That's why she's so angry and why she's ranting on a live stream. But she is just another egotistical, self-centered woman in our day and age led to believe that seeking temporary earthly pleasures is the meaning of her life and is unwilling to sacrifice herself towards a higher purpose. She is mostly correct about the men of our world today, mostly correct, but also choosing to live herself a completely incorrect, foolish, selfish, and hedonistic life. So it makes sense that the good men are avoiding her <laughs> like a plague, um, like a pandemic. the men are avoiding her. Uh, she is just not worth the amount of investment required. Um, the men she's mad about not getting with are going to always choose other women who will make for obedient, loyal wives who want to be great mothers to many children and not just some pretty, successful, intelligent women who demand to be worshipped and obeyed um, just because they work hard, just because they're go-getters. Um, yeah, physically weak and spiritually broken men don't know how to handle women. The unattractive, poor, emotional men aren't given time to grow and improve alongside women like Tammy either. These types of ladies expect to have Prince Charming just drooling all over them and obeying their every command just because they have a vagina and are willing to give it away. They can't understand that a truly strong, righteous man would stand his ground and refuse sexual temptation and correct his woman's poor choices and destructive behaviors and lead her in the right direction, despite her feelings about it, <laughs> despite her temperament. Um, women like Tammy just want an attractive, rich, smart, obedient man that they can control with sex and status and not an actually righteous man who loves and fears God alone and who seeks his right ways first and foremost. Um, they don't want that. They don't seek that. And that's why she's mad, whether she knows it or not. A truly good man would reject material comforts and pleasures and seek God and his kingdom first and always. And he would marry before having sex and he would seek to have and raise many children with his wife, protecting and providing for them along the way.
Uh, such a man's mission is to lead his woman and children towards heaven under his guidance and his direction. And a truly good woman would recognize this in him and let her man accomplish the tasks before him, allowing for him to guide her towards God's righteousness, not be controlling. <laughs> These women out here like Tammy just want pleasure and material comforts. They seek status, popularity, safety, attention, and entertainment. They want to be worshipped. They want to be obeyed. They seek temporary rewards. And the last thing that they want is a man to correct their flaws or to be obedient and humble themselves before him. And they'll, you know, rant and rave on a live stream publicly before millions of people before doing so. And this is why her and her friends have not found good men yet. And they will not find any good men, <laughs> the good men, until they have truly repented for whatever they have done in the past and humble themselves before God and seek his right ways and allow for good men to enter their lives, to guide, protect, and provide and help lead them towards his glory and the kingdom. <laughs> and honestly, I truly hope that Tammy, Tommy and her friends and all those Tatianas out there, they do so quickly because those clocks, they are a ticket. Tick-tock, tick-tock. <laughs> they are a ticket. And I hope you do so. I hope you truly humble yourself and correct your flaws and mistakes before it's too late. Um, honestly, the Tommy knows she's done. She has done wrong. She knows it. Um, that's why she's so angry and mad. That's why she's doing this right now uh, publicly. <laughs> I don't know, whatever Instagram live stream. Um, she knows that she isn't the catch that she used to be, and that she wasted most of her prime years seeking popularity and attention and material wealth and temporary pleasures instead of actually humbling herself admitting that she has done wrong and learning valuable lessons. And she has decided to publicly attempt to tear down those around her and put the blame on other people instead of correcting herself. And I hope that she does overcome this anger and that she finds God and his glory soon. Her and all the women out there like her. I wish her and them the best of luck out there. I will be praying for her and I am willing to show her and women like her true compassion and real love by telling them the truth and warning them about the reality that they seem to be blind to. And yeah, just closing. I mean, Tommy Loren, Laren, her friends, all the Tatianas of our world today, all the women who don't have God in their lives. Um, I do hope you find good, righteous men of God. Um, but it's going to take work on your end and humble, humbling yourself um, before you can do so. And you will. You will find good, righteous men of God that you clearly crave so badly when you return to the Heavenly Father. Um, when you return to the Heavenly Father. When you guys repent for what you have done and forgive those who have done you wrong and truly seek first the kingdom of heaven within yourselves, you will find a good man and spiritual bliss. And until then, just suffer. <laughs> just continue to suffer in your anger and destroy your physical bodies until you die. And, you know, may God have mercy on your souls at that point. Um, enough ranting. <laughs> Let's get to the chat. Jay Patriotic says, I need a sandwich for my girl. Yeah. So with that, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, this mansplaining hour is coming to a close. And final comment from Jay Patriotic is, I need a sandwich for my girl. So I hope you get that, man. I do hope you get that. 
See, if you were a righteously masculine man, your girl would submit and she would bring you a sandwich because you deserve it. Because you're hungry, you need to be nutri you need to be you need the nutrients and minerals, you need nourishment to carry on being a kingdom builder, right? You're out there, you're crushing, you're helping God build his kingdom, advance his kingdom, you're discipling, you're being a disciple maker, right? You're just crushing. You're, you're growing your own food, you're building your own, your own infrastructure, you're making wealth in every sense of the word, all kinds of wealth, like you're just crushing, right? And as you're doing that, you know, as you're being this righteously masculine man who's just out there crushing, your righteously feminine woman should just come and bring you a sandwich because it's what you need to continue carrying on doing the Lord's work, right? That is like the proper order of things. What's not is just some like godless man playing video games, like selfishly just be like, I'm hungry, bring me a sandwich, like making demands, you know? I'm a little, my tummy's a little empty. Woman, bring me a sandwich <laughs> now or else. You know, like that's kind of the problem. That's kind of what's got us here, right? <laughs> is that mentality. That like godless, selfish, like me, me, I want a sandwich. Hey, you, you bring me what I want. I want something. You bring it to me or else. You know, that's like the selfish godlessness that's gotten us into this mess to begin with. But if you're just like a righteously masculine man, like I've been talking about, you're just loving and serving the Lord. You're getting on with advancing his kingdom. At some point, you're going to need like nourishment to help you accomplish your goals. And your woman will be there fully submitted, fully committed to helping you accomplish that task. And she will bring you a sandwich, right? She will bring you that sandwich, my dude. <laughs> so if you need a sandwich and you're being a God-fearing, God God-loving man, your God-fearing and God-loving woman will bring you that sandwich. <laughs> With that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah, he says, thanks, man. I'm enjoying your channel. God bless you. God bless you too, brother. Thank you for tuning in. I do hope you get that sandwich. I hope you deserve it as well, right? So here's to getting some sandwiches from the women's. <laughs> yeah. Life to the max. Be a man worthy of the sandwich. In summary, my dudes, uh, <laughs> in summary, be the man that is worthy of the sandwich. If your woman is bringing you a sandwich, be the man who is deserving of that sandwich. All right? Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. Quote that. Put that in stone somewhere on my statue someday, right? <laughs> Right on. So again, that's going to be it for me tonight. My dudes, my ladies, thank you for coming to my Mansplaining Hour. Well, yeah, and kind of what we're talking about. Here's a, here's a thought of mine for women. So here's Mansplaining Hour with Sean. Are you, are you ready for it? <laughs> mansplaining Corner. I have two thoughts um, that I have for women that sound bad in this day and age when a man says, like, here are my thoughts for women. Right. My advice is a man for women. But I don't think women should marry any man who isn't entirely trusting in God or confident in who God made him to be. And then also, I think that any man who is unwilling or unable to wait until marriage for sex is not a good man and should not be married. 
do you agree with that? Like, would that would you say that that's a fair assessment? That it's kind of it's kind of both ways. It's like I'm putting the blame on men, but also shouldn't it also kind of be the women's responsibility too to not be willing to enter into a relationship, into a covenant with a man that is like that? I'm agreeing. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the thing I would say when I first met my husband, the thing that really drew me towards him was his deep faith in God. I found that so comforting and um, his conviction. And I felt very safe in that. And I still do. It's, it's amazing. And it's, um, it's inspiring. It's reassuring because if my faith wavers or if I, you know, I'm having a bad day, I mean, he is so perpetually just has a faith and a trust in God that leads me and has led me closer to God through him. And so I definitely, I, I definitely think that it's great. And also just dating an atheist. It's, like very cynical <laughs> what a narrow yeah. and, and also just because i'm kind of artsy just to think of god, as the world as a creation of god and the beauty of it and 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 the fact that i don't know god you know what god god is so infinite and mind-blowing it's it's hard for us to completely wrap our mind around but how amazing and mysterious that is and in the in the, the spiritual discernment or the synchronicities that you connect with throughout the day and throughout your life and and I just have this feeling like, yes, of course there is a creator. And, and for me, someone that doesn't believe in God at all, um, it's just so narrow-minded to me. It's just like, oh, okay, you just, you live, you die, that's it. There's nothing going on. There's no soul. There's no nothing. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's basic to me. I think that's boring and uh, bleak. And I just, I don't, I don't connect with that at all. Yeah. Yeah, when you don't put the creation and the beauty on God and you put it on yourself or other other men and women, you know, yeah, it's like so empty. It's so meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What but... do you think, Ashley? Godly man? Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> absolutely. What I run into, like, I don't know if I've ever really been involved with an atheist. I, I, I've in the past before really becoming more of a Christian, I've dated the agnostics, you know, and then it's just always a debate. You know, they always want to debate, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, which tells, which, yeah. which says your heart is kind of, you know, cold. And, and if you're just always looking to fight with people. Um, so how much love are you able to give in a relationship? If you know, you, you just want to debate all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's bleak too, the atheism thing. That's what I'm talking about, right? That's what you asked. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like a similar kind of what we were talking about, but like, cause I had this discussion with a male friend the other day where I was saying, if like a godly woman is dating like a not, like a, just an evil man, a man of the world, I don't think that's gonna work. I don't think yeah. a woman can bring a man to God. But I do think it happens, even though it's tough, even though it's difficult. I think a true godly man could bring like a lost woman back to God. Do you agree yeah. or disagree with that? Like, that's just one of those things where it's like, I it, to me, it makes sense. But that might just be sexist or wrong or because I'm a man, I see it that way or something. But like, what would your perspective of that kind of dynamic I go be? back. I go back and forth with that. Um, 
because there are some beliefs that, you know, a woman can bring that out of a, of a guy. But uh, I think of Ruth and Boaz and that story yeah. in the Bible and where Boaz, you know, he, he had the field, he was a boss and she was, she was out there. She was working in the field. She was making a huge sacrifice. She was, you know, staying by the side of her, of her mother-in-law, um, you know, while she was grieving and she was working and she was working and Boaz noticed her hard work and, and that, they kind of came together in that way as if she was already in the field and she was already doing, I read it when I, I read it, I look at it as she was already working in the spirit. She was already having fruit of the spirit. And here he was, he, he had fruit of the spirit too, more than her because he owned the fields and that was how their relationship came. And I, I love that story, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to discredit that a woman could, stir something in a man's heart that God may put a woman in a man's path to open his eyes. God is capable of doing anything. But uh, yeah. as far as a man who is of the world and who is lusty, I mean, that's a long shot. Girl. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Let's get yeah. real here. We're not here to change men. You know, I mean, that shouldn't be, I can change him. That's not real. That's, that's not a godly thing. I don't read in the Bible anywhere where, you know, a woman changed a man from evil to uh, walking a spiritual path. I could be wrong. I'm a Bible scholar, but I, I, that doesn't resonate. Um, yeah. And I've, I've been involved with guys who claim to be Christians and who go to church and who look the part and I fall for it. And we talk about that on the podcast. You know, I mean, I, I can be blinded, very naive sometimes. And I think we, we as women and men really need to practice and ask for discernment when it comes to our relationships, because we can lose time getting wrapped up in someone or something. And, you know, we need to guard our heart for sure. Yeah. And and I, I agree. I'm, I don't think that anybody can change anybody only god can change your heart and that is you know what god god can use other people to plant seeds to witness um i think for me personally my husband had a huge impact on my faith i was raised catholic um had some uh stuff happen in my teens my mom and my brother died in a car accident And I I walked away from God. I was very angry with God. I don't think I necessarily stopped believing in him, but I just, it just, I just walked away and, you know, lived a worldly life, was an actress, very independent. Um, And then, you know, I I was successful. I was making a living, but ultimately by my mid to late twenties, I became very disillusioned. Nothing was satisfying me. All these things in the world that I thought I wanted that would give me happiness. I thought, you know, and it, it, I just felt more empty than anything. And so I started to seek God in a vague way. Like I would pray to God, not to Jesus, but I was sort of into the new age kind of stuff, like praying, yeah. meditating. I mean, horoscopes, I was all into that, but I was still seeking. And then my husband came into my life and he said, you know, pray to Jesus. This is the real God. And um, I trusted him. And I think God brought us together, certainly my husband and I. Um, and through our relationship, I have refacilitated um, my walk with God. Um, so I think it was partially my own heart yearning for God, but not necessarily knowing how to find him. And then 
uh, a godly man comes into my life and helps me, gives me guidance, absolutely gives me guidance and, and leads me in so many ways. Um, so that's, that's kind of like my testimony a little bit. Um, but I don't think my husband could have come into my life and I'd been just like a hardcore agnostic, let's say, um, still career driven. And he said, let me tell you about Jesus. I mean, I think I wanted to hear about, about God, about spirituality, about, you know, what else is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, I love, Hannah, I love that story. I love that story about you and Dusty and your, mm-hmm. I mean, cause her and I both have a similar past where we were both involved in the new age. And I, I love that Dusty pulled her out of that. That's beautiful. And it was, it was a slow process. I mean, I was still reading horoscopes and into, <laughs> I don't know, just into all that kind of stuff that's really trendy right now, you know, for years, even when I was a Christian, you know, so, you know, as I said before, it's not like, okay, you believe in Jesus and everything changes overnight. I think God knows your walk and knows what you can work on incrementally over time. So that's why I I always say like, have grace and patience with yourself, ask God for help. But, you know, it is a slow process and it is a continuous process to, to, um, become more like Jesus and to think more like Jesus. And it's like, I had 30 years basically of otherwise programming. So, and I'm living in the world. So I'm, I'm caught up a lot too. And you just have to ask God every day, get on your knees every day and surrender and say, I can't do this by myself. You know, I need help. And it, it totally, it helps to have friends, Christian friends. I mean, having a Christian community has changed my life because you're around more people that, that feel and think and believe like you do. But if you're only around people that think contrary to you, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I think it's still important to have conversations with everybody that thinks differently than you, because ultimately we're all human. We're all struggling with the same core issues. You know, I don't think it's, it's, I don't believe that we should not talk to people that disagree with us or think differently. I think that having conversations with people different than us can deepen our own understanding of, of humanity. So that's kind of a random rant, but I love it. I think, I think it was Clausewitz. I could be wrong, but like a famous general in Europe once said, you know, you can have the greatest battle plan ever, but it doesn't matter once you have faced contact with the enemy. And then Mike Tyson infamously like summarized it in a more simple, easier way to like phrase it, which was like, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have the greatest plan in the world. You could be so smart, you know, have everything figured out and you're doing great. Like you're saying, like you're a dad and you're teaching your daughter and your son all the right things. You're saying all the right things. Well, then what happens when something bad happens? The unexpected happens. The suffering comes in. You know, the chaos of the world we live in comes in. The evil starts knocking at your door because you are doing things right. What is your reaction then? Do you cave? Do you give up? Do you just like ignorantly keep going in the same direction or do you adjust? And do you like just keep like doing what's right? And I think that is why it's so crucial to have a relationship with Christ and be like in the word because that is what's going to like be your anchor. That's what's going to be the solid foundation that won't. You know, as, as your house is being swayed and pushed and pulled by that chaos, like if you have a firm foundation and the truth and the love of God, like it doesn't matter. They can keep trying, that chaos can keep swirling around you, but your feet will be set. 
and you might get punched in the face a couple times, but you're not going to get knocked out, you know, <laughs> and you're going to have a strategy. You're going to have some comeback routines or some comeback, comeback punches. But yeah, that's a very awesome point. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, you're going to get kicked in the face and uh, <laughs> yeah. you don't even think you're going to make it or don't want to. I mean, I've had plenty of times where I thought, man, I wish I drank. I mean, yeah. I really <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't like it. I have very low tolerance. But I mean, just sometimes it hurts so bad to be alive, and you wish you could just drown. It. <laughs> but, yeah. I used to trust me. It's not smart. It's not good. <laughs> it's a temporary re uh, relief that you yeah. pay for, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some karmic blowback to it, or you know, some debts you have to pay back. <laughs> in one way or another yeah um that was a big thing for me in california it's so you know weed is legal and that's the best just oh man i'm so stressed out smoke a little bit of weed and feel good you know well what happens when it wears off uh now you feel bad again so are you gonna like embrace that like embrace the suffering push through it learn to grow through it or no i'm just gonna keep smoking more weed <laughs> I'm just going to keep running away from my problems by like artificially making myself feel good instead of at, at some point you do have to just man up like or woman up. You have to like <laughs> grow up and overcome that what that crutch that you're hanging on to that's giving you what you said like temporary relief for like yeah. an actual problem that you're facing physical and spiritually. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That's exactly how I pictured it in my mind. You know, you go to this image you have of Christ and say, save me. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay. You're like, okay, what do I have to do? And he's like pointing at your cross, like, take it up, yeah. follow me. You're like, I know what that means. I know where we're going. We're going to my death. If I follow you, I know where you're going. It's like, yeah, where you're going. And so we put it back down and we go try our way. Again, we keep trying it our way. And then finally one day just we're ready and we pick it up and we follow him and we know where we're going. We're going to die to ourselves so that we can accept that gift that he's giving us, yeah. which is I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's a, a detachment from the things of the world that we think are gonna make us so happy. We, we give that up. And I think ultimately what the work of Christ on the cross was, he's, giving up his attachment to the state he's giving up his attachment to his friends he's giving up his attachment to religion even his mother standing there and he's looking up at god and saying i into your hands you know i commend my spirit and so he the, all the attachments were broken and i feel like that's the place that he's leading us to where we can put our trust in christ that's where that life more abundantly comes from when we're not looking for it outside of ourselves anymore. So the first thing for, for men, how do we win? As, as Christian men, it's like we need to become strong and courageous and masterful at whatever your work is, whatever your domain you think God is calling you to. And by doing that, you can then look back and have a bunch of, of young ladies, hopefully, who are virtuous and, and pretty and, and helpful. And you need to marry one. You know, you, you want to marry a young lady and she'll become your helpmeet on your mission, on your work. And, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Have as many children as God will give you. Praise God. You know, and so that's that's number one way to win. The number two way to win is then, you know, well, within that, you then don't want to farm your wife out 
to other men. You don't want to farm your wife out to go be a helpmeet to a corporation. You don't want to farm your children out to go and be fathered by a bunch of crazy liberal school teachers who hate you and hate your God. You know, so you, you want your wife working for your mission. You want your wife working for your household. You want your children under your uh, leadership, under your indoctrination, under your curriculum, you know. <clears throat> and then uh, then the, the next kind of scale in that of how to win is local economy. So so the first scale is is patriarchal family. We want to build a patriarchal family. Every young guy should be one of the my, my chief purposes in life is to build a patriarchal family to become a patriarch. Number two is to build my local economy. Um, what really got me into this was Wendell Berry, the, the Kentucky author. He, he writes extensively on localism, but basically the love of your people and the love of your place. And, you know, the, the big idea here is that as Christians, we are to create an Eden in the chaos and the ruins of clown world. You know, where we live should be different. You know, yeah. you, you look at like Baltimore and New York and L.A. It's like. Those are all like hell holes, you know, <laughs> Haiti, South Africa, you know, name, name your hell hole. A hell hole is how it is because of its patriarchs, because of its men. The men of a place determine the environment yeah. of the place, Absolutely. you know, and so we should be determining our, we should be the greatest determining factor on our land that we own, you know, so your little plot of land, even if you're, I'm, I'm renting right now, it's like, Okay, this I'm I'm the steward of this little piece of land, our little neighborhood of 40 houses or whatever. I want to be a blessing and influence on this neighborhood. Yeah. Our town of 3000 people that I live outside of, like I want to be a, a influence on this town. And how do you do that? It's not by thoughts and prayers and yard signs. <clears throat> it's by business. Money is the number one influence in a local areas, everything, politics, social life, you know, for, for most people, you want your children to stay around you. How do you do that? Well, they need a job. Otherwise they go off to the city to go find a job. So you don't keep your, your youngsters. You don't keep your generational growth. You know, most people want nice neighbors. Well, how do you have nice neighbors? They need to have nice jobs so that they can afford to not, you know, the number one breakdown of marriages is financial problems. So if you don't want violent and poor neighbors, you need a local economy, you know? So it's very important. How does a local economy work? Number one, we need to buy from each other. We need to shop from our neighbors, from our, you know, our small town mom and pop shops and not Walmart and Starbucks and McDonald's and Kroger. You know, of course, if you need to get something like, don't be a legalist, stupid about it. Like, sure. You know, if you need something, go buy it, but where you can buy from your neighbors, buy from your town folk, you know, buy from your tribe, you know, you guys in the bear community have, have it down pat, like buy from your people because you love your people. You want your people to be wealthy. You want your people to have success. So local economy is a huge thing, you know, um, you know, and this ties into the whole homesteading thing as well. Like you want to try and grow your own food if you can. And if not meet local farmers, go to the local farmer's market and support those who do. Yeah. You want to, um, you want to be uncancelable. You want to be unseat, you know, right now, the elites, you know, the whatever your whatever your conception of the kind of financial elite or the cabal or the bankers or the politicians, whatever you want to call them, their whole war right now is against Christian middle class families. You know, <clears throat> they are besieging. The lockdowns were a siege 
on Christian middle-class yeah. families. Absolutely. How long can you survive a siege? That's what you need to be thinking of in your local economy. You know, my own food stocks, my own water, my own waste uh, system, my own energy, and then for my neighbors and stuff, you know, how resilient is our little local economy to being besieged by these big corporations? Um, <clears throat> and so that's the local economy side. And, we, you know, there's, there's things you can move to very practically there. And then the third scale there is tribal institutions, right? So we, again, with liberalism, we're very individualized. You know, the, the closest thing we have to tribalism is like sports teams or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about it, really. Um, but but we are we are God created us to be tribal. What does that mean? It means it means my family, a group of other families, our children will marry each other. We are very interested in these other families' success. We are very interested in these other families' yeah. values and where they live and how they live. <clears throat> and so, you know, for instance, like with the bear community, uh, with Nick Fuentes, with. Uh, uh, Gavin, like you, you, you can you can name a lot of kind of media influence influential guys who kind of have raised a flag, and then a, a tribe kind of uh, builds around them. Of like, yes, we all have the same values. We all want to see the same vision. We have a positive vision, uh, and even to the extent that we'd all like to kind of live around each other if that's possible, and we'd like all our children to marry each other if that's possible. What you are seeing is the formation of a tribe. That's a good thing. Yeah. Tribes have leadership. Tribes have institutions. And so what we see, <clears throat> so with America, America was founded by tribes. You know, the Puritans were a tribe, if you want to call it that. There was like 120 families, you know, and half of them died and then half of them lived and carried on and more people came. But that tribe had very specific interests, very specific values that all their institutions that they built served their people. You know, they didn't build... Uh, Harvard to train the Indians in, you know, economics and maritime law. They built Harvard as a Bible college for their people so that their people might be saved and come to the knowledge of the Lord. That's why they started that institution. You know, they didn't start um, a sheriff system, uh, you know, to, <clears throat> to bless uh, the slaves down in in georgia you know it's like no they started a sheriff system to keep law and order in their little community in massachusetts like you know we have to understand what is our tribe's area who are our tribe's people what are our tribe's values and interests every institution we build is to serve those people that place those interests and then we need to build those institutions you know because right now we think oh the, the the police are our guys the education system are our guys America is our guys. And I was like, no, chaps, like those institutions are all enemy run. Like they've been subverted by other tribes. They are now controlled by other people, other tribes, other powers. They don't care about your interests. They don't care about your people. They don't care about your place. You have to build institutions that do that. And the reason we have to do that is because individuals always lose against institutions. So on the right or conservatives or Christians, whatever you want to kind of identify as, we're so good at, 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 hey, you guys do what you want to do. Just leave me alone. Like, as long as you leave me alone, you know, libertarian 101, you know? <clears throat> and it's like, and then we go in, we complain and we outrage, but as individuals, you know, like, how dare CNN do this? How dare, you know, name your 
outrage, but it's always like one individual guy or, or thousands of individual guys throwing little pebbles at big institutions. The institution doesn't care. The institution wins. The way you, you do this, an institution has to fight an institution. Or better yet, your institutions need to go and fight their individuals. That's how you win. So we need to build institutions, media institutions, churches, businesses, banks, um, uh, or uh, what do you call those things? Um, Nonprofit organizations, you know, all of these sort of uh, associations and networks and things like that. We need those for our people because those are the things, you know, when we talk about NPCs, non-player characters like normies, why are they normies? It's because they follow the cultural norms of the most powerful institution in their life. So majority of people watch TV. The most important, the most powerful institution in their life is the mainstream media. Why is it powerful? Because it can come and destroy them. And they know that like, oh, if you say the, the R word or the N word or the, the say the wrong thing, or like CNN will come to your house and destroy you. And they know it, you know, because CNN has demonstrated that. So they toe the line and they follow the mainstream news. They are normies because they follow the cultural norms. So we have to fight not against the normies, you know, because we get so angry at the normies. We we get like, you, you retards, you know, like, can you not think for yourself? Yeah. And it's like, they, yeah. you know, it's not their fault. They're just drones. They're following the power, you know. So we need to build power so that we can capture as many normies onto our side as possible. Yeah, my girlfriend's in the chats. He says, do you want to tell Classical Learner how many kids we want? And yeah, it's about eight. Uh, the number keeps changing, but I want, I know I want at least eight. (laughs) She's like, she wants like five, five to eight. I want like eight to 12. So we'll see what, what what we end up uh, at. (laughs) I need a legion of bears. I I want like 80 grandkids. So I want like at least six, if not 10 or 12, but I want them to all have, you know, six to 10 as well. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The more children we all have, the brighter, the safer the future is for our children because they will have so many allies in this world. And like a lot of us, we woke up um, in the last few years, but now that we woke up, we really have the potential to um, talk about be fruitful, fruitful, uh, be fruitful and multiply on a scale that um, within 20 years, not just, not even just the number, but now the way we're all, like we all went through public school. Now we're all homeschooling these children. We're all having a ton of children. We're raising them out of debt. We're teaching them to value God over materialism. When I think about how bright the future can be, how optimistic the future is, I just have so much hope, so much faith, so much belief. And I know um, this community is gonna do um, you know, just as Jesus said, we will do uh, more incredible things than he ever did. Well, our children will do more incredible things than we ever did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like it. Owen said at one time is like such a concise, brilliant point, which is just be a better father than yours was. Like be a better parent than your parents were. And just have that reciprocate and continue that. Have a lot of children and be a better parent than your yours was. Even if you had great parents, if you had no parents, if you had crappy, whatever it is, whatever your parents were, just be better than them. And then whoever you are will reciprocate that down the line, you know, and then instill those values in your children to have that same mindset. I'm going to be a better parent than even dad was. Say you're a legend. Say you're crushed. You did everything right. 
You raise great, healthy, beautiful children. You raise 10 of them. <laughs> Make sure that all 10 of them go on out into the world and have that same mindset of, yeah, dad was great. Yeah, I'm so thankful for him. I love him, but I'm going to be better than him. And then have their kids have that same mindset, you know? And imagine a world where that takes place. <laughs> imagine a world 100 years from now where, like, bears have just anyone, really, but just, you know, mostly the bear community is just crushing, and the next generation is crushing even harder, and then that next generation is even crushing harder than that. Like, the ripple's effect on that is going to be unimaginable. Um, yeah, I have it. And I'm full of hope for it. <laughs> Every day I log into like Bear Tari Times app or on Instagram or whatever, you know, here, you know, watch Hanging with Bears or watch the Owen streams or whatever. It's just like, you can't not be full of hope. You can't not be like excited and energized to go build and crush, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I found everyone. <laughs> I'm glad I found y'all uh, in general. But, um, <laughs> yeah, said in the chat says, homeschoolers don't have weird pronouns. So, yeah, they might be weird, but they don't have weird pronouns. That's a good point. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't even accept the, the premise that homeschoolers are weird. You know, if you think about it, before about 18 months ago, there were probably about five to six million families uh, or children being homeschooled. And now there are over 12 million and just this past week alone this past week alone just out and about in the town i met three other families who homeschool and they have a, a total in those three families of i think seven children in those three families and i'm already setting up play dates and like i said yeah. you know if you make socialization a priority then it's not a problem at all. And my son doesn't go a day in which we're not at parks and he's playing with children. We're not at the church group and he's in a classroom with 18, 20 other children. You know, I'm there and it's fine. No problem with that. Um, they do another class that I take him to on Fridays in which all the children play music together. Um, I'm setting up play dates. I'm all these things, children's birthday parties. So not a day goes by. We're out and about in the town. He's at restaurants. He's three years old. He's placing his own order to waitresses. Um, whenever we, and like, you know, the thing is too, like, and you see this a lot with military families, right? They're a great example. The children in military families are great at making friends because they have to. Every two to three years in their life, they're moved from one state to another, yeah. one country to another, and because of that, they become very good at making friends. Well, my son, about a month and a half ago now, July 25th, we moved to North Carolina and we came here and my son didn't know any other children. I take him to parks almost every day and every day I watch him meet completely new groups of children. And by the end of the time he's at the park, they're all running around with him laughing, having a blast. I'm talking to the parents. I'm getting their phone number, setting up play dates. So my son is probably better at making friends than I was for the first, I don't know, 30 years of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was public school. You know, they had me in the same classroom. They had me in a classroom with the same children every day, whether I wanted to be around them or not, you know, uh, 
you're sitting there between concrete walls. It's artificial socialization. Everyone's getting bullied. You're not allowed to fight back. There's this horrible situation. Everyone's worried about their body odor and how they smell. And <laughs> so it puts yeah. that environment to learn to be social. But my son, you know, he's out in the real world interacting with people every day. And he's uh, much more advanced socially, like I said, at age three than I probably am right now. So. That's awesome. And then it's also been a joy because I feel like the Lord gave me a son first because uh, he wants me to be the dad that I didn't like particularly have. Not that my dad's a bad dad uh, by any means, but he just, you know, wasn't a Christian leader. And I just think about like all the, not that I'll be perfect by any means, but like all the things that I wish my dad would have taught me about Christ or, you know, just made me, you know, responsible and I get to be that for my son. That's like, I just think it's a huge blessing. So uh, yeah, it, it's been absolutely amazing uh, being a dad. And I, if anyone's thinking about having a kid, I tell you to go ahead and do it, have 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many are you gonna have, like 10? Well, like at if, least 10? Like seriously, I'm, and I say this, if God wouldn't provide like financially, there wouldn't be like a number to where I would stop. It would be just like, okay, you can't provide for this anymore. You're done. But like, if he were to be like, all right, here, I, I need Braxton to win the lottery, even though I'm not doing the lottery. So you can have 40 kids, well, then I would. Yeah. Yeah. They're just a blessing, man. A blessing. Yeah. Repopulate this place with Christian babies. Raised Facts, by good man. Christian men. Righteously masculine Christian men. Masculine Christian men. Bro, <laughs> and it's crazy that I had to, like I'm watching a, a video the other day about like how Disney is like trying to indoctrinate our kids. And I'm just like, I'm literally having to like hold my son and be like, you're a male, you're a male, you're a male. Like I'm like trying to speak it over <laughs> and prophesy over him. Like yeah. why do I even have to say that? Yeah. But like him growing up in this world, like he's gotta know, like he's yeah. he is a man. And like, we don't have to get all on that rant, but I'm just like, <laughs> I made me start thinking. I was like, Lord, I need wisdom in how to parent. Cause it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like how my mom was when she's parenting me. It's way different nowadays. And you're right. We need Christian men in all different spheres in government and politics and all different stuff. We need male leaders who are masculine and, you know, dominant, but not in like a power hungry way, you know, that are submitted under yep. the Lordship of Christ, but you know, who lead the world needs jesus christ and philosophy so bad but i don't think most people unfortunately are gonna pursue those things so yikes <laughs> well narrow is the gate right narrow is the path yeah narrow is the gate. that's a tough thing too is it's like why can't everyone just wake up and it's like they're not going to you have to wrap your head around that some people just want to they want to choose the suffering they want to choose evil you know yeah but yeah. some people like us are just called god i think god and I, my next stream is going to be called pursuit of god it's this book by aw tozer and mm. he really just strikes this message of like god has to wake you up and i really am starting to believe that i used to just think like oh total free will like if you just choose to overcome the darkness you'll you know but i really think god has to like almost tap you on the tap you on the shoulder and say wake up my child and well, then it from that point, it's, from it's that point, gospel, you can choose yeah, yes yeah. or no. But I don't think everyone gets that tap on the shoulder. Like I just think some people, God, just lets you just be left out in the darkness. You know, mm. 
it's tough to really explain. I mean, Tozer's a boss. I don't know if you know him. He's this amazing, no. amazing writer, wrote like four or five really profound, insightful books. But he just really explains it very well. And it's like really hard to refute what he's saying. But yeah, I think God just has to wake you up. And from that, from that tap, then it's still free will from that tap of, are you going to answer the call or are you still going to live where you were? Are you still going to choose the darkness? But I think a lot of people out in the world are just, I don't really know why I'm not going to speak for God's intention, but I just think for some reason, God just like leaves them on their trajectory of evil. And they're just kind of the fallen in the fallen state forever. I don't know if they'll ever wake up even, even if you provide a really good argument, even if you really are like a good example and a good role model, if you're, you know, in their life constantly, I just think some people are just kind of, I don't know about destined is the right word. It's like, I'm not really sure if I'm going to use the right words here, but I think some people just have to go in the darkness and some people are given the, the right to choose the light or choose the darkness. And from that point, you have to make the right choice. But then it's tough yeah. if you look at it like how broken the world is. And it's just like, I don't think we are even able to fix it. <laughs> no. And some people, sometimes I, it's like the toughest I, thing is just letting people suffer. It's like really tough to do that when you're a good person. Oh. You want. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, you know, I think that at a certain point, these things, language is almost a failure because, yeah. you know, you can, th- you know, it's very easy. And I, I'm certainly not saying this. I'm, I'm just saying it's easy to be like, you know, trick yourself into thinking that if, if God has to tap you on the shoulder or and he, he doesn't at a certain point and just let, lets you fail, that that could be an evil God that doesn't want, you know, grace and salvation for 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 humans. But that's not true. Uh, but we we are, you know, linguistic creatures. We're, you know, that's why the word is the word, and it, it's it's almost a failure of language to be able to explain all these things. Um, and I'll check out that writer. And, and, but that's why it's so gratifying when when someone can explain it in a way that it, it is and makes sense. Uh, but I think it's just so complicated. You know, free will. I think free will doesn't exist at all. Uh, you know, I mean, will exist. I think, exists, I think it, but, does but it, what, it doesn't. I think yeah, it, it does and it doesn't. That's yeah, another false people, dichotomy. Yeah. Free will determinism. Yeah, exactly. I think they literally See? both exist and they both don't exist at the same time. And it's like beyond our comprehension. Like, yeah. See, I did it. I said I was going to do it today. Let me interject. With... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I had that because I had a discussion the other day with someone who was saying he was he was really grappling with that whole concept of like, I forget what example he brought up, but he's like, oh, like this group of, you know, X hundreds or thousands of people in Haiti, like were killed in whatever earthquake or tsunami happened. And it's like they've never once been exposed to the gospel. No one's ever shared Jesus Christ with them. And then they died. So what do they just go to hell? Do they just, mm. do their souls just like, what's the answer? And it's like, yeah. in the end, the answer is like, you don't have to worry about it. Like God will take care of it in one way or another. But if you do want to ponder and think about it, I think like God almost gives them a reset or God, you know, it's like, I think it's our job to go spread the gospel. And when we fail, when we fail to do that, when people are just like out in the wilderness and have never heard the truth, <laughs> mm. I don't like, I don't know how we can sit here and say like, they're damned. I think God has just these mysterious ways of working that are like almost like a reset button hit on those people's souls or they are brought into heaven or something. But I just think there's a lot of people out there just on these paths that like, 
I think we all want to say like everyone has a choice, good or evil. And I think some people are just on this weird path we can't explain. And some of us mm. like me and you have been tapped and it's like now you and I, <laughs> God has, God has woken us up and we now do dribble, like do have a choice, good or evil. What are we going to do? And I think there's just so many people out there now and throughout history that like God never tapped on the shoulder for one reason or another. It's just part of the plan, like part of his mysterious ways. And I think that's kind of part of it is like the Amazon tribe that no one has ever even discovered yet. That's just living out in the middle of nowhere and will just be born and die. <laughs> never hear the gospels, never interact with a human being ever. I just really like, it seems like God has a weird special plan for them that doesn't involve yeah. them being given the choice of choosing Jesus or choosing not Jesus, you know, choosing good or choosing evil. So I don't know. I don't know the right answer. And I think that is the, the answer is, God knows we don't have to. Yeah, I, I definitely don't have don't have um, what you would call you know salvation completely figured out. <laughs> like it's it's, <laughs> more, it's very mysterious, man. What? It's very very mysterious. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. It's, I mean, I've read the Bible many times. You know, I've read the Gospels and in the New Testament many times, and I've studied the early church a lot, especially in the last six months or so. It's very, very hard to figure out. And like, I think one of the, maybe one of the, the traps is you trying to figure out salvation for all people and in all situations, it's a trap. It's not up to you. Like you gotta, like you just said, um, and the more you try to pursue, I've got to know, like, that's why in the, a lot of the epistles, uh, there's not such a high premium set on knowledge. The high premium is set on love and morality um, I think it says in Second Corinthians that it has a chapter about knowledge, uh, like love always trumping knowledge. That if you, Paul Absolutely. talks about it a lot, if you have blah, 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 and you don't have love, you have nothing. So, you know, the, the quest for, I mean, man, that's the original sin is knowledge of, the, of uh, is knowledge of good and evil. And we want to know what good and evil is, but if you pursue knowledge, man, just utter knowledge, it's, it's kind of the road straight to hell. If you're trying to like know all things about all people at all times with all things, it's the road straight to hell. It's straight up misery. <laughs> yeah. And it's like all uh, the right. I mean, Timothy, first James or first or first John and James mm -hmm. and Paul multiple times. They say, use knowledge to spread the truth, like use knowledge to spread the truth and love of God, not use knowledge to get ahead in life, to make money. <laughs> to make your life easier which is like usually the pursuit of knowledge is like why do you go to college well i want a good job or i want to know me 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 i want to be smart i want to you know <laughs> it's like you go to college like, you should be going to college to find out ways to spread god's love and god's truth you know yeah the glory should be given to god not yourself yeah and that's the that's the trick with knowledge is i think it is useful to like like you said philosophy like study philosophy but what, like, why? And the, the answer yeah. is God's glory. <laughs> it's, ultimate, some way, yeah, it's, use, it's the ultimate use, philosophical question. Yeah. Is, to, is, is why? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, but if your answer is, well, so I can get a job or well, so I can win arguments or well, so I can feel good. You know, it's like all those answers are in, oh. like, you, you, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read, uh, read, read Justin Martyr before. Uh, he's one of the you know early church fathers, but he was a philosopher before he became a Christian. And he would always walk around with his uh, philosopher's robe. And 
he, you know, I think a lot of philosophers at the time would take off their philosopher's robe when they became a Christian, but he refused to. He, he said that the ultimate philosophical truth was Jesus Christ. So he, he, he said that he never really earned his philosopher's uh, robe until after he got baptized. And I'm just like, that, that is deep, dude. Um, so the, the first, the first apology of Justin Martyr is one of the great writings uh, that I've read in the last six months or so. And it's, I think the, like, like the ultimate question is why, what are we doing here? Why? Uh, and you know, I would recommend people just don't go to college to, to your point. Uh, but if they're going to, it's, it should be for that reason to, to, to spread the truth, spread love. Yeah. God's love, not earthly materialistic BS secular, uh, you know, you know, lustful love. It's, it's horseshit. Yeah. Not Oprah love. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> and, and this is where I, I actually disagree with Jack a little bit. Jack Donovan, like I said, in the way of men, where he makes that distinction between being a good man and being good at being a man. I agree that that's a real distinction. But I think that being good at being a man is part of being a good man. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a Christian, you might be tempted to think a good man is a man who is moral, who doesn't hurt other people's and is, is uh, you know, uses his power and strength to uh, help others. Those are good things, of course. You know, a lot of non-Christians agree that those are virtues that we should try to cultivate in ourselves. But the problem is, like, you have a way you were created that as a Christian, you would assume, you know, you were designed by God to be this way. That God, you know, male and female, he created them. It's right in the creation story. It's deliberate. God made us different for a reason because we're ordered towards different things. Like I keep saying. So the idea here is that that comes with a certain level of responsibility and uh, duty, like you mentioned, what you're supposed to do. And there is a sense, right, in which being a good man is not just following a bunch of rules, following, you know, whatever system of morality your tradition has. You know, that's part of it. But being a good man also means being what you were meant to be. It's like got a, a what we call a teleology. You know, you have a certain end, uh, telos, you know, this word, this Greek word, meaning like your end or your purpose. You know, the telos of a knife is to cut. And you determine whether or not that knife is a good knife based on if it can fulfill its purpose of cutting. You know, if it's dull, if it's got chips in it, if it's not built well, if it's rusted, you would say it's it's not a good knife. Or you could say it a little bit more funny ways, it's bad at being a knife. <laughs> and you would say that there's something wrong. You know, so when, when I hear men say that, especially Christian men say that being a good man is what it means to be a man. I'm like, I don't know what you mean by that. Because if you just mean following the rules and helping others and having like a general sense of being moral or being ethical, like that's just a, a, a very short view of what it means to be good. You know, from a Christian perspective, being good means fulfilling the end that you were created for. Being what you're meant to be not doing what you're meant to do. There's a difference, right? A matter of being and a matter of doing, you know, it's a level of ontology, your, your, your being. And your telos is what you are, your purpose is. And that is true. Like, like, are you winning, son? It's like, yeah, if you choose to. 
or are you giving up? Yep. Then no, you're not yep. winning, son. Then that meme turns yep. dark really fast, you know? Yep. Or are you winning, son? Yes, because I'm full of love. Yep. I'm full of hope. I'm full of faith, you know? And no matter yep. what is thrown my way, I'll find a solution. I'll fight my way out of it. I'll keep building. They keep destroying and I've got everything a I make. I'm going to keep building, yeah. Exactly. I've got a father who's interested in how I deal with those desert times. You know, with um, in uh, Deuteronomy 8, I think, it says that God took Israel through the desert to test them, you know, to test their heart because he was bringing them into a good land, into a fruitful land, into a land of milk and honey with houses that they did not build and wells that they did not dig. In other words, he was bringing them into a, a vision, bringing them into a dream, you know. But he first wanted to take them through a desert time. He first wanted to take them through a time of preparation. You know, so many of us, when we go through hard times, we're like, oh, this sucks. You know, like yeah. God has forgotten me. Uh, you know, God hates me, all this stuff. And it's like, no, like this is gym. Like this is leg day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the whole thing of, you know, if David had gone straight to the palace and become king, like he would never have known, you know, what he could do with no resources and his back against the wall and who his guys were. Cause everyone would have been butt kissing him. You know, all the dudes would have been butt kissing him. Uh, but because he was in the desert, like he was ride or die with those guys. Cause he had nothing. And they still came and said, you're, you're my captain now. And he's like, fine, I'm your captain now. So he, God is preparing for him dudes who he could trust for the rest of his life, you know, but instead if he had gone straight to the palace, like there would have been all these little butt kiss douchebags, you know, it's like, it's this whole idea for us that like any suffering is bad or any suffering is God leaving us. And it's like, no, chaps, like God see Matthew six verse six, God sees you in secret. He will reward you openly. Just keep your heart to God. You know, keep, keep your, be, keep being a man after God's heart. <clears throat> it's okay to cry. It's okay to, uh, you know, to like, man, this sucks. Like, that's okay. Just do it to God. Like, God, this sucks. <laughs> you know, that, that was David in the Psalms of like, God, this sucks. Like, please help. You know, crying out to God, not to all of his dudes, not to his wife, not to social media, not to, you know, th there's going to be times where it's like life sucks. The world sucks. Everything sucks. But it's like, can we keep being a man after God's heart and being like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm in slavery, why I'm in prison, why I'm in the desert, whatever it is in your life. But it's like, I know that you're going to bring me into the promised land. You're going to bring me into whatever it is you have for me. I trust in you. Please help. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's what we need to get, get to, you know? You think we're living in the best of times or the worst of times? <laughs> so you said the pendulum is pretty dark and everything's dark right now, but are these the best of times or the worst of times for us? To be well, me being, me being optimistic, I'm going to say the best of times because I do think that we are, um, in a time period where we're seeing a lot of um, turbulent stuff with the, the zeitgeist and what's going on personally, uh, occupationally, faithfully. And a lot of people can give up and stuff. And I pray for those people and I don't want you to see humans give up. But it's for a reason. And again, it's I think it is the pendulum swinging back towards the light. And it might not be tomorrow. It might not be in a year, two years, but I believe that it will be another time of great positive things happening, uh, communities coming together. I think that this cabal or whatever is really on its way out. 
again, that's not going to say it's not going to be doom and gloom for a little, or um, pretty tough for a little bit. But I do think that it's a positive outlook, you know, a positive ending for it, it, in our lifetime. So pendulum back to the light, and we for our um, time frame that we're in, our now, I'd say it's the best of times. Yeah. And I will always say that, I guess, because, again, I'm hyper positive and probably to a fault, man. But it is what it is. I shoot <laughs> no, for the fucking two. Part of my language, I shoot for the stars in a positive manner. And if I don't reach it, at least I at least I was um, had a good outlook on it. No, yeah, not at all. I think if there's one thing God does not want us to be, it's negative. <laughs> Like, I don't think he wants us to be depressed and anxious and depressed and <laughs> worried. I'll and, tell you, you know, Sean, that's one like thing. We're told over and over again not to do that. Have hope. Have faith. Trust in what's to come. You know, be optimistic. Like, you can say that's you what. foolish or silly, but, I, I mean, God tells us to do that. So I'm going to trust him. You exude that, Sean, and you're, the way that you carry yourself and your demeanor and your charisma, it shows and it's infectious and that's why yeah. yeah you could tell that you know um no matter what's going on or whatever uh you still f- seem like you're having a good time and crushing so um that's definitely apparent and it's it's infectious and it spreads so let me ask you real quick before you do the final question what switch from sean v planet to uh jonathan the jonathan <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to just switch to my name, but my name is taken. Okay. Like on everything. I guess my name is popular. There's also like some gay black actor (laughs) (laughs) that was like not famous at all in the early 2000s. So like officially it's kind of taken. Um, And Jonathan has just been like the jokey name, the jokey nickname I've had for a few years. My girlfriend calls me that now. Um, Because it's just funny because Sean is like just a simple name. Like, you know, usually Jonathan shortens to John. Right. Sean doesn't like <laughs> it's kind of it's the it's the Irish dumb version of John you know so it's right. kind of just a funny like oh like I guess let's instead of making your name shorter let's make it longer so I kind of just decided to go with that um, and less of the like comic booky me fighting everyone <laughs> right <laughs> me fighting the planet I mean I just had so many problems where people thought my last name was planet and then, you know, the flat earth thing where it's like, come on, man, you know, it's not a planet, you know, Yeah. <laughs> like there's just so many like problems and confusion. And it really made sense when it was Sean space V space planet, like Sean versus the planet. But so when you're you... saying I shouldn't start a podcast called Cod Casino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wouldn't be confusing at all. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> And then, you know, yeah, people still know me as that. They'll now hopefully eventually realize that this is my name or whatever. But yeah, I kind of wanted, you know, I kind of explained it. I wrote a little blog about it and talked about it in my Discord. But, you know, the short story of the long is like when I first made that name was like kind of right when I first became a Christian. And I kind of just viewed myself as like, okay, dope. I'm a Christian. Time to fight Satan. <laughs> you know, trying to time to like get in get into the spiritual battle and fight off all the wicked forces and like now I've just realized like it's not about that, right? It's about like seeking God, pursuing God, living righteously and trying to get people to join you. 
you know, it's not really about being so combative and like a comic booky superhero killing everyone, (laughs) killing the bad guys, you know, it's like, no, actually just be a good person and lead people in the right direction. So I kind of was trying to get a new name, like a new gimmicky name. And I just realized, you know what, just do your name. But unfortunately, my actual name was taken. So (laughs) this is kind of what I settled on. Um, But yeah. And then I got banned on Twitter like a week later. (laughs) So that kind of uh, didn't work out too well. But if anything, that's actually like a good sign. It's like, uh, you know, being spit out by the beast as soon as they taste it. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. That's a good sign. And then, yeah, like we kind of like, like what you've been saying, like I just kind of, I send my feed everywhere, like taking your advice, like why might as well use the beast resources against itself. But I kind yeah. of just assume like, oh, I almost wake up every day just assuming I'm going to be kicked off, you know? I, I'm actually I surprised I'm still on YouTube. I'm surprised exactly. it's, it's I'm still on Live. Like, really? Like, <laughs> I mean, everyone got kicked off of Trovo, and it's just like, how am I still on that? You know, like I just—it's almost like surprising at this point that I'm still on some of these. And I mean, I don't cuss, I don't do anything controversial, I don't really say anything that's that crazy. Um, right. I mean, I guess YouTube did ban one of my videos because I talked about masks and vaccines, you know. Which oh yeah. no, I just said it right now one time. We'll oh, see. <laughs> we'll see how how strong the algorithms still are about that. But you know, I talked about those, and they took one video down and gave me a warning. And it's like I'm kind of surprised that's been it. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also not that controversial, so it's kind of like I don't go out of my way to be super duper provocative or scandalous, or you know, I'm never doing anything that breaks terms and conditions like graphic images or anything or porn or whatever but i just still kind of assume like just being a white christian straight male in america uh (laughs) i just assume my time is limited on everywhere just by default and i think twitter might have been the first shot of that you know if that is true like that might just be okay twitter now has finally crossed that line where they are now calling you abusive just for existing like that just for being that kind of person um, and so maybe we'll see all these other companies follow and maybe they won't. We'll just have to wait and see and just assume they will in time, but <laughs> yeah, keep but using the resources. Time, I think, because uh, yeah, they are crossing certain crazy lines, but like the parallel economy that's emerging, I, I think there'll be enough people who are kind of lucky to be caught into the uh, safety net that is what a lot of people have, you know, had as an alternate option. So. Um, yep. I think by the time it gets that dystopian by all of them, I think they're doing that because it's the last, you know, it's almost like the, uh, I don't even know the analogy, but the, you know, the, the person, it doesn't even matter anymore. And they're like, Oh, see, I, I did that. And you're like, Oh yeah, Twitter's still around. Forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> still around? Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming on. My last question mm-hmm. is, uh, did you have a good time tonight? I did. I had a very good time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. All right, sweet. But the, so the last final question I have for you is, did you have fun? I did have fun, dude. This was really relaxing. <laughs> I was really nervous for some reason before. Because uh, 
Um, I don't I, I don't know. I didn't know if people would show up. I also didn't know like what was expected, but it was very chill. Very chill. Very nice. <laughs> well, it's good to hear. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. My last question is, did you have fun? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. And the feedback from the chat and everything, reading it off is really cool. I definitely had fun. Anytime I'm with a bear or chilling with a bear, even though it's electronic, it's always fun. Yeah. Thanks again, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you again, man. Yeah, keep crushing. And my last question is, did you have fun tonight? Yes, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, this was awesome. awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> of course I did. Uh, ladle, in, ladle and gravy, and, um, seasoned with logos, with a bear, uh, with uh, someone I could fellowship with and uh, talk the Bible and Jesus and faith. I had a great time. Thanks again. Yeah, TR Dale says what's up in the chat. Stuntman says what's up. Slap are we live right now? Where are, I didn't, yeah. are you serious? Oh, <laughs> Bears, yeah. what's up, everybody? I have no idea. I thought you were going to record this and send it out or whatever. So, oh, yeah. Even better. All right, that's cool. What's yeah. up, Bears? How you doing? I love you all. God bless you all. Thank you for all the love and support. Awesome. It, it means a lot. Yeah, and shout out and, and support Sean because the dude's a crusher <laughs> through and through across the board. Thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> right on well my final question is did you have a fun time tonight yeah man I, I, like i've really <laughs> enjoyed this and honest like i'm i don't you know with a lot of this stuff even with like hosting the one night and stuff i'm i don't know man i'm still working through stuff and i and i'm trying to be obedient and everything and what like absolutely dude i really appreciate you um, and offering for me to do it and invite me and, and all that. I, one, I really appreciate you, all the stuff you do, your streams, just the insights in general. I've always got a really great vibe from you and just felt like you were a really solid, just authentic dude. You know, even before we ever like streamed together, any of that, where it was just kind of in passing, we would talk. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good read on people and stuff. So. But awesome, man. Thank you. My last question is always, did you have fun? I had a blast, man. What <laughs> we doing? Um, my last final, final question is, did you have a good time tonight? Yes, I did. Thank yeah. you for the questions. <laughs> awesome. That's good to hear. My last question, my final question for you okay. is, um, did you have fun? I had a blast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yes. And my last final question is, did you have fun? No. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it was Bummer. actually, it was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> my, final, my final last question is, um, did you have fun tonight? Absolutely. <laughs> I love talking about hot button issues, um, especially with uh, an intelligent, friendly person such as yourself. And um, it was always nice. I felt very flattered by the interview to just gush <laughs> about my own me. I don't get to do that ever. So yeah. that's always that made me feel great. And, um, you know, I, yeah, it's great. Great knowing you, man. I think you do a great show and, um, Thank you. I, I'm glad we met and was glad to be a guest today. Sweet. Well, yeah. My final question is, did you have fun? Oh yeah. No, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. Best of luck. Prayers, prayers going out to you guys. Uh, and keep up the good work. Yeah, faith, family, fraternity. <laughs> All right. It's so needed, so necessary. It was good being here. Right on. Um, 
Well, sweet. My last final question for you is, did you have fun? I had a great time, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for being here, man. This is great. Um, and then, of course, you know it. You know it's coming. You've been waiting for it. Last question of the night. Did you have a fun time tonight? I did. <laughs> awesome. It's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Final question is, did you have fun? I guess you just answered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love, talk, love talking to you, man. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, come back on my show anytime, man. I want to have you on the next next month or so. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I would love to, yeah. And I'll be in your chat. Don't worry. I always sneak into your chat. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I'm at work and I can't, I can't, um, the app, I can't talk, but I'm like listening. But yeah, always. Yeah, I can't recommend all my, all my followers. Check out Steven. His show's awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely, dog. All right. On. Well, my last final question for you is, did you have a fun time tonight? Oh, I had an amazing time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that. you're you know how sometimes like when you're doing marketing stuff they're like define your avatar who do you want to talk to i mean it's you it's, uh, your age that has questions that thinks wow you're you're a smart lady and i'm so glad i got to talk to you i mean that's that's what that's why i'm here and that's what i'm doing i want to help people like i said if there's a young man out there that wants to be a good man i want to help him develop those those tools psychologically um, and spiritually so that he can go out and and go after his vision and so yeah this is such a treat and such a, a privilege yeah. to be here thank you so much no yeah thank you and my final question for you is did you have a fun time tonight yeah man this was great <laughs> I uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, thoroughly enjoyed our chats you're a very good uh, <clears throat> interviewer yeah. and host <laughs> Yeah. It's always great to chat with like-minded folks, and uh, yeah, man, praise God. I, I I think um, you know, the more dudes who are are doing media, the better. You know, like we need as many of our guys uh, producing content as possible. So praise God for you, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Right on. Well, yeah, my final question is: uh, Did you have a fun time tonight? I did. Yeah. No, this was one of my favorite <laughs> conversations I've actually had on a on a podcast. Um, yeah. I always get a like. You know, some of the people I've talked to aren't necessarily Christian. Some of them are. So it, it's always kind of tricky navigating, um, having some conversations with people because, you know, while we, we obviously share similarities, you know, most of the people I'm talking to are like pro-masculinity trying to yeah. help men. So we have like a, a common goal, but we don't necessarily have a common worldview. So, yeah. you know, talking to people who are, are religious or at least Christian, is is pretty helpful because you know you kind of have this like underlying assumption of like we agree on more than just the masculinity thing well any any other final thoughts final questions i don't think so no, thank, thank <laughs> you for it. having us on yeah. this was oh, yeah. a good time and thank you for coming on and putting up with me being so boomer about technology <laughs> <laughs> my final question is did you have fun yeah today yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah this was fun yeah love that yeah, yeah it was a great time it's good to to really be um uh, uh I, I, I'm, I'm the word that's coming to my mind is provoked but yeah definitely kind of direct questions that really make you answer like what do i think what do i feel <laughs> like, oh. yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I've learned that in podcasting is, especially I used to interview comedians and bands a lot. And so it would be a lot of like, I would just like to ask the weird questions or the silly questions and really be like, what do I, what do I want to really learn about this person? And at the end of the interviews, people would always be like, that was the best interview I had because every other interview is like, where are you from? What's your band name mean? It's like the same 10 questions that every interviewer asks. And I'm like, I'm like, do you wash your apples? <laughs> what do you, do you think straws have one hole or two holes? Like, I kind of want to learn how you think and not really just like the, the surface level stuff that, you know, everyone asks, but yeah. That's good. That's, that's good. I mean, that's, that'll be great for your podcast and, you know, maybe this will be your ministry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to make nobody it. else is doing, you know, and, and yeah. the Lord is bringing people to you. Yeah. My final question is, did you have a fun time tonight? Yeah, this is a great, hey, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I've never been invited on like a live podcast or anything like this. So yeah, this is a, um, this is a first, this is a new experience for me and uh, I enjoyed it. It's a good time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, this is great. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brother Sean. Uh, well, before my final, final, last question for you, um, do you have like any like plugs or shout outs you want to give? Uh, I want to shout out Jesus Christ um, <laughs> and put your trust in him and, um, you know, just, yeah, that that's it. Repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Um, my other plug. Yes, oh, no. um. Uh, what's Braxton's YouTube channel? Glory to God Basketball on YouTube. If you like basketball training, uh, Glory to God Basketball on YouTube. Uh, I want to plug that. Um, yeah, no, I just want to plug your local God-fearing, non-emotional church. One that uh, sings songs that are actually about Jesus Christ and not about your experience. Um, that worship Jesus and not yourself. So that's 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 all I want to plug. Um, yeah. Based. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, my final question is always, did you have a fun time tonight? Oh, I had a great time. <laughs> uh, yes. This is interesting. Um, you know, I yeah, I like talking about Jesus and I'm glad people got to see that um you know, I don't have it all together. Uh I don't say things that I ought say. I don't yes. talk yes. with I don't talk with candor or elegant of speech and you know sometimes there's stuff i still need to be sanctified on um but that doesn't mean i don't have this knowledge of what's right uh and zeal for god that he's given me and and so you know if you're if you're looking at christians as like oh i could never be one of those dude like I suck at being a Christian. Like I'm so bad at it. Like I'm terrible, dude. I still like, I still, you know, I still get mad. I still cuss sometimes. I still, I still, you know, think stupid and blasphemous things. And, and I think things are funny that I shouldn't, but I just got to get on that horse every day and go, that's wrong. And I got to stop and yeah. wait for the Lord to sanctify me. And, um, I hope that's encouraging, um, and and I hope people learned um, that you know Jesus is Jesus is your only hope. He's your only hope. So, yeah, it was awesome, man. I had a good time. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, right on. We have a final question: Is did you have a fun time tonight? Well, 
I love, I'm not kidding. I had so much fun. I love doing stuff like this. Um, I feel like God's giving me like a love for podcasts. I don't ever, like, I don't think he's giving me the patience to do one or to learn how to do one, but I like getting on them. So <laughs> yeah, I've had a ton, ton of fun. Um, you guys are truly blessed. Uh, all you people who follow Sean, um, you guys are truly blessed uh, to listen to him each time he does these. These are awesome. And he's giving you guys like biblical truth. And again, I'm not like trying to toot his horn. This is like the times I get to like know him and be around him, bro. He's got a lot of wisdom. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just thankful that you had me on, man. No, oh, thank you for coming on. And thank you. Yes, for sir. Your wisdom. Oh. Yes, sir. <laughs> Don't spin this yes, round sir. on me. This is about you. You're the. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's your show, brother. <laughs> I will say I'll toot your horn here. I'll repay the favor because you always have like the 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 best bring it back advice. Like when people are getting a little too goofy with their thoughts and like, yeah. well, maybe let me let me think about this or like, what if this? Like, and I can do this too. Where I'm like, whoa, what if, have you ever thought about like maybe this is what they mean? And you're always like, actually, the Bible says this. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks, Braxton, for bringing me yeah, back yeah. Like, from my theories and my opinions. And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you are yes, d- yes, of course. Thank you for bringing yeah. me back in, yanking the chain back. You're right. That's like, right. There is a foundation of truth right here. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's not get too wild. <laughs> yeah. So I like that you're always like in our in our Bible study, our group. You're always really. At the right time. It's never too much. It's never too hostile. Yeah. It's just the right amount of like, all right, guys, let's get back on track. <laughs> like, this is what the Bible... Let's not forget this crucial point of the Bible. Right. Uh, right here. This is what the Apostle forgotten. Paul said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah, thank you for it, coming man. on, man. This is great. Yeah, bro. Appreciate it, man. I guess any like just shout outs, advice, any plugs, any promotions you want to give? Hmm. I didn't thought of that. <laughs> you don't need to. I'm just, just if you have any. Uh, look, I'm I'm I read all the time. I mean, um, you know, things other than the Bible. I, I read theology and and uh, uh, like I'm reading a book right now by uh, Ray Comfort about how to witness to an atheist. Again, I don't really believe there's such thing as an atheist, but there are things there are people that believe they're atheists. So. Yeah. They're just they're just all kinds of great authors that have written great you know books on on any subject imaginable. Uh, uh, I just finished um, for probably the third time the Jesus uh, the Gospel According to Jesus by John MacArthur. Yeah, um, I'd recommend every. Christian and even non-Christians, if they'd read it, um, it is the clearest doctrinal book I've ever read on 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 biblical Christianity, on, on the gospel, and what is the gospel. Um, so there's one. Um, I, I you know if I thought about it a while, I could probably come up with a lot, but uh, but you don't need that. I mean, you you need a great study Bible, and you need a great group of believers to. To, to you know, for iron to sharpen iron. That's that's the main thing, and and you know, fi- try to find a biblical church as best you can, uh, with a strong group of believers, with a with a real Bible believing, Bible preaching pastor. Um, you know, again, basic blocking and tackling. We're not we're not made to do this alone. 
Yeah. All right. Love that. So my final question, last question. I thought the other one was the last question. <laughs> this, this is the last question. Final question. Did you have a fun time tonight? It's a little stressful. <laughs> I, do, I, I doubt that. That's a... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't know that I've ever been, I probably have been interviewed in churches before on stage, but never over uh, a Zoom call. Where I had questions given me one after the other that I didn't see in advance, by the way. Yeah. So never, I, I never give them out in advance. I have I didn't, to. I didn't know <laughs> so that part's a little stressful. It is fun. I do really enjoy, and I mean this, I do enjoy sharing the gospel with an unbeliever. I do. I love that. I love doing it. I think it's the most important thing I can do. Yeah. And I don't know who's on this call or who will listen to it later, but I would assume yeah. at some point, there'll be someone who's an unbeliever that's going to hear this. Yep. And and it's thrilling to know that God can use a broken vessel like me to share the contents of the most beautiful message on earth with another broken vessel. God uses broken vessels to reach yeah. other broken vessels. It's the craziest thing in the world, but that's <laughs> the way he designed it. Yeah. And, I, and I, yeah. so when I get to do that, I think it's a beautiful thing and I love doing it. So... You know, and I would also leave this, Sean, because I don't mind. You know, people can contact you if there's anyone out there that would like to talk more about, especially whether it's a believer or especially an unbeliever, about uh, coming to faith in Christ. I would love to have a deeper conversation with anybody that wants to do that. That invitation yeah. is open. If there, if you'll contact Sean, uh, yeah. I'll get with you and we'll we'll have that conversation over a cup of coffee or phone or whatever. Yeah. Deal? Oh, yeah. I love that deal. And he is a man of his word. He, he does do that. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had non-believers, you know, I've had at least three that have reached out to me that have said, you know what? I totally thought like, you know, I just thought Jesus was fake or stupid or just, I've, you know, I was born a Christian and I fell away from the faith because I just hated everything about it. And they've like randomly stumbled on my stream for whatever reason. And then we either have a conversation or they kind of come back to me like a year later and are like, man, you really inspired me to like start reading. Like you really, and that's like sometimes too, they're like, this stream was the one that inspired me. And I'm like, that one? <laughs> I'm like, I thought that one was bad. I was going to delete that. I was kind of embarrassed over it, you know? So you really don't know when and where non-believers will just, you, where that seed will be planted, you know? And you might not even be watering it or fertilizing it, but you've just planted that one seed and you might not ever know it. Or you might have some random guy with a screen name send you a text message uh, <laughs> telling you it happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll yeah. make that offer. So I love that. Yeah. Anybody, anybody want to reach out? I'm happy to have a discussion. Would love to do it. Be yeah. my honor. Yeah, everyone out there, you check my show notes. You can see my P.O. box where you can write letters or all the social media stuff that you can find me and contact me and message me. Yeah. yeah thank, you. thank you so much, Don. This was awesome. Okay, buddy. Thank you. God bless.